Hi, everybody. How are you? You good? We have a panel of the best fathers at Westside. Did you guys know that? That wasn't part of the preparation? Okay, that wasn't it. Okay, we just want to do something a little different. Uh, Dave's taken us, if you've been here for a while, Dave uh, Steimers, our uh, lead pastor, has uh, taken us through an amazing uh, four weeks on judging, uh, judge not, and uh, we thought we'd go a little lighter today, if that makes sense. Now, you guys can still make people cry if you want. It's up to you with what you do. But honestly, we thought we, one of the things that at Westside we've been finding is that we've been, so many of us are brand new uh, to our church family, and we just need to get to know each other better. So this is another way of just getting to know uh, different members of our, of our church family, and just getting to know a little bit better. So uh, I'm going to let you guys introduce yourselves, but I'm gonna, let's do it through pictures. So so let's see who's up first, because I'm not sure on the slide deck here. Okay, Friday, you're up. You ready? This is Friday, by the way, everybody, and Friday's going to introduce us to his family. Hi, church. Uh, my name is Friday Ojembe. I am from Nigeria, and um, came to Canada in 2019, and I believe that's my lovely family up there. Um, to my right, that's my um, sweetheart, Blessing. And uh, Dr. Blessing, sorry. <laughs> I, it, it, it's a new thing for me. I'm just getting used to it. She, she just um, got um, the doctorate degree on last Wednesday. So, oh. Thank you. So um, that's my um, eldest daughter to the left. That's Meso. And um, Excel, that's the boy. Then the last of, of the house is um, Bliss. Um, we started coming to um, this church in 2019. And the first two Sundays, I, we felt very at home. And um, since then, we've not looked back. So we're still here. Okay, perfect. Andrew, your turn. By the way, aren't these the most amazing names? I know. Oh, actually, all have amazing names in this. Okay, Andrew, your turn. Good morning, everybody. My name is Andrew Zimmer. Uh, this is my family when we were in Banff in uh, 2021 uh, at Lake Moraine. So that's my wife, uh, Melissa. Uh, she's actually serving upstairs uh, with the babies today. Um, and then there's our daughter, Maya, and our son, Jace. Uh, we've been coming to Westside for probably about a year. Yeah, like a, little bit, a little bit over a year now. Uh, we got invited by the Billyalds at the back because we were... Uh, we previously were going to another church and just were, you know, with the pandemic, I think a lot of people were at home and, you know, when you're on your couch, you get comfortable and, you know, some people got closer to God, some people got further away and we were just looking for something different. And uh, yeah, we felt the same way Friday did. When we came, we just felt like, we just felt at home and at ease and, uh, and is the worship not amazing here or what? <laughs> is, like, is it just me or is like, I just get overwhelmed. Like I get like it, three out of four Sundays, I'm weeping in the back with my hands up, because the, the Holy Spirit just is moving through the, the worship in, in this church, and, uh, and the teaching is incredible. And so, yeah, we just love it. We're, we're loving it. And, uh, yeah, so that's a little bit of who, who we are. We live in Ancaster, just up the hill. So, yeah, we're not really far away. So that's us. Perfect. Ian. Awesome. Thanks, Andrew. Um, so, yeah, my name's Ian. Um, up on the screen, you can see my wife, Alyssa, as well as our twin babies, Emmett and Eloise. So now they're a little older than they were in that photo, but not much. They're just about four and a half months old. So uh, I think they're about a month old in this photo. So a little bit of a throwback for us, but 
recent throwback. Right. Um, so yeah, we've been coming to Westside since December 2020. Uh, we were lucky enough to move to Hamilton around that time and with the pandemic and a lot of services being online, we did a lot of what we like to call church shopping. So uh, <laughs> we got to enjoy services from all around Hamilton online, so much so that we'd see multiple in a day sometimes. Uh, and we settled on Westside and joined a life group and then we're fortunate enough to start meeting in person. So we've been very warmly welcomed to the Westside community. So Ian's one of our newest first-time fathers with twins. Yes. So you give all sorts of advice. Yeah. <laughs> Looking forward to it as well. Okay. That's great. When you guys think of Father's Day, does it bring up, like, what kind of memories does it bring up to you? I guess I'll start because I have yeah. a mic. Um, so Father's Day for me brings up a wide variety of memories. Uh, I was lucky to have the first kind of half of my life with my father, but unfortunately lost him when I was about 12 years old. So it's a bit of bittersweet memories. Uh, we had, you know, a lot of great times. He loved to cook. He loved cars. So Father's Day was usually spent barbecuing something and then going for a nice Sunday drive or, uh, you know, just enjoying some really nice family time together. Beautiful. Great. Yeah. Andrew. So for me, thinking about Father's Day, you know, my parents got divorced when I was really little, about two and a half, and we lived with my dad and... Um, and, you know, it's funny because John texted us these questions, you know, four questions we'd be talking about. You told and, them uh, our secret. And, 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 and I, he said, hell, did you, did you get the questions? I said, yes. Yeah. You know, they were really challenging. He said, they were? I'm like, he's like, I, I, they were? I'm like, well, because, you know, when you are unpacking your parent-child relationships, I think all of us do. And I think we all kind of come to church hoping to be, look like we're put together. But most of us come to church because mm. we're really broken. And... And, we, and it's okay to not be okay, right? And, um, and just when you're unpacking those things, as a, mm. being a parent, father now, and my kid's challenging me to really think through the things I actually believe or, or thought I believed about, you know, my own parent-child relationships and what healthy really looks like. And, you know, life really isn't about being perfect. It's about being whole. And, uh, and so when I think about Father's Day, you know, I have a great father, um, but I, I, I really think, you know, more about um, how much God loves us and loves, loves me when I really feel unlovable a lot of the time. I'm not sure if anybody here can relate, but, um, but yeah, it's just a, it was, it's an incredible thing because that question really this week mm -hmm. really like moved my cheese mm -hmm. in, a, in a good way because, you, you know, um, so, well, there's a book called sorry, Who Moved My Cheese. If you haven't read it, you should read the book. You'll be like, oh, I understand you moving the cheese I now. have no idea what that means. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay, John. It's okay. <laughs> as long as I understand what I'm saying, we'll be fine. <laughs> so, so, yeah. So, you know, and it, it, but Pastor Dave a few weeks ago said mm -hmm. something about, you know, you know us being self-aware. Mm -hmm. And it's so important. And so, mm -hmm. you know... Um, I've had, I had great memories uh, w about with my father and uh, even better memories of a loving father in heaven who's, who loves us no matter what, which is an incredible thing. So, yeah, so that was, that's what I would answer. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks. Yeah, well, for me, it's, it's a little different, right? Because um, back home, we never had something like Father's Day, you know, growing up with mm -hmm. my dad, you know. But one thing that I uh, learned from my dad was um, that really ha helped shape my life was I, not for one, uh, did I ever see my dad and my mom arguing in our presence, right? Mm -hmm. it, it, was, it was always 
take her to the room, lock her up, and they'll do all their business, handle mm -hmm. their business, but never in the presence of the kids. So that shaped my life in, in the way I handle my family, and um, I try to be the best dad that I can. You know, it's, it's a lot of work, really. You know, if, if you are aspiring to um, shape them in the right um, way mm. and the way of God, mm. you know, which is super, super important. So, um, so to me, that's, that's helped shape my life, and uh, I try to, you know, inculcate that in, in, in my kids because the best, most times, the best form of um, training that you give to them is the way you live your life, you know, the way you, yeah. when they see the things you do, they try to emulate because kids tend to emulate what they see most times. Yeah, so. That's so good. That's so good. So how do you embrace this idea of God being our father? Yeah, well, um, I, I grew up in a Christian home. And um, all my life I've known that even if your parents can't provide something for you, there are some things that they are not able to. But, and they have um, taught us growing up to always um, hope on God and trust in God because we know that he does the impossible, right? So there are some things that you know that you can't get and you just have to trust him because if, one of the teachings of Pastor Dave, if your earthly father can give you good things, how much more your heavenly father? That's good. That's really good. That's great. Andrew? Uh, it's, it's a great, another good question, John. Uh, you know, I, this week I, I had a, th I have a, I have a throat infection. I've been on an antibiotic for four or five days now, and um, it took, you know, I got pretty sick on Wednesday, and I went to the doctor, got an antibiotic Thursday, and ended up back in urgent care Friday. And I'm, I'm reading these questions, sitting in urgent care, waiting to go in, and, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm just kind of analyzing, thinking through the questions, and uh, <clears throat> I look around the waiting room, and there's hmm. children, and there's a couple who's 86 years old talking to another couple, and there's men, and there's women, and there's you know, all varieties of people. Uh, and you know what? When you're sitting in that, like, urgent care room and the doctor sees you, they don't care where you live. They don't care what you do for a living. They don't care how much money you make. They don't care what kind of car you drive. They don't care if you're wearing sweatpants or shorts. You know, it's like in, in socialized medicine, it, it doesn't, the doctor's there to heal the sick. Mm -hmm. And it made me really think about, you know, like that really is how much God loves us. God's not, he doesn't, look, he doesn't care how tall you are, how short we are, any of the things that the world sees that are important. Um, that's not how God sees us. You know, God loves us all equally, no matter what we look like or what we do. And it's just an incredible thing. And I heard um, from a pastor years ago say, you know, yeah, we're all sinners. And, you know, we accept Jesus and we go to heaven. And, you know, he goes, but... You know, if we take away focusing on that we're sinners, yeah, but it's that God loved us so much, like we're, that God will only pay the right price, the equal price for something. Can we agree on that? Like God's going to pay the price, like the, what, what, what's the value and worth of something. And the price that God paid for us because he loved us so much was he gave his son to die so that we could be saved. Like that's how much God loves us. And, and yeah, you know, it, it, there's so much focus on, yeah, we're sinners and we need a savior. But I, when Helen did her testimony at her baptism, it just stuck with me. Because everybody has a story, right, Helen? And it has been a life-changing, that was a life-changing moment, by the way, I want to tell you, um, for me. And so that's just how much God loves us. And uh, it's just an incredible, incredible thing when you sit back 
and think about that God can love us that much, that he mm-hmm. would give his only son so that we could be saved. And we did nothing to earn that, which is just a, an incredible, incredible thing. So, yeah. Well, that's a little tough to follow, but... Um, <laughs> I think... No, no, no. No, it's good. It's good. I think as a new father, it's easy to reflect on how many times, um, especially with, you know, newborns and seeing babies as they grow up, you feel not clueless, not hopeless, but kind of somewhere in between, right? You're kind of looking for some direction in how do I do this? How do I manage all these things that are so new to me and so different from one parent or one father to another? Um, And as Christians we're so blessed to have the ultimate role model in Jesus, right? Um, we, so many times I find myself, you know, internally reflecting and having our Heavenly Father as kind of an ultimate influence and an ultimate advisor on how to do these things where there's no real handbook, right? There might be many parenting books, but when until you're really there, until you're in the trenches, I don't think there's any better way than self-reflection and, you know, asking God, what do I do? And for me, that isn't, is rarely presented as like a clear direction or a do this, do that. It's a feeling of calm, a feeling of overwhelming peace and security in my own personal reflection with God. So sometimes I always say, you know, why when I maybe reflect internally to God, speak to God, I don't find I get that true direction in a like left, right, straight kind of manner, but having that sense of peace and overwhelming like calamity in the situation is just something I find myself being so grateful every day and definitely every night because, you know, there's some late ones. So, um, yeah. Did you, did you think, sleep last night? Pardon me? Did you sleep last night? I did, yeah. Okay, did your yeah, wife? Yeah. A couple yeah. hours here and there. Okay. But, you know, uh, hopefully the bag's under my eyes. Don't give it away too much. But, uh, yeah, I think having our Heavenly Father as the ultimate guiding star mm, is just the most inspiring thing. Beautiful. Guys, thanks a lot. I'm going to have you do one more thing before you leave. I didn't write it down, Andrew. Okay, we're good. Pop quiz. Um, no, Kaylee gave some dad jokes. So I actually took some off the internet too. Okay, so why don't you like see how, who can deliver the best? <laughs> Give us two each, okay? Before you finish, and then, we're, then we'll be done. Yes. I'm Just, trying to pick the best one here, if it's not obvious. Um, oh, right. do, you have, do you have your own? No, if you, okay. absolutely not. Okay, sorry. If you have not your own, today. that's fine. Um, okay, what's red and bad for your teeth? Red and bad for your teeth. A brick. No. Probably not the best one, but I'll Okay, handle. there you go. Andrew, you probably have your own. No, I don't have any good jokes, man. <laughs> Most of these have been read this morning already. Just read. Well, no, they did. Yeah, yeah. They did. The audience has it. Yeah. Just read one. I, I ordered a chicken and an egg online. I'll let you know what comes first. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> okay. Um, let's see here. What does corn say when it gets a compliment? Oh, shucks. <laughs> That's so good. Okay. Can you guys all thank our dads for, for their staring? Thanks, guys. Can you take your thank You're welcome.
Well, I was really good. Um, I love panels, but I'm also scared to death. Who knows what someone's going to say, right? But that's, that's, uh, that's a whole other story. Okay, so here, 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 here. Okay. Why was the fish's grade, why was the fish's grades bad? They were below C. <laughs> Where was King David's temple located? Beside his ear. Of course, come on. There we go. There we go. Okay, so I thought that what I do, because I think a lot of you might not know uh, me or Christy and I, and you, you've, or you've got to know us, but you haven't got to know our family, so I thought we'd show you a picture of our family as well, do a little few introductions. And so this is our crew. The best we could do is the Christmas photo. Our uh, oldest daughter, Olivia, absolutely loves photos, brings her, uh, yeah, uh, loves taking pictures, but brings her camera on Christmas. And we're, it's getting harder to crowd us in a little bit, but that's okay. So uh, our oldest daughter is Olivia. She is married uh, to Mike, uh, Mike Bronson. And our two grandkids are Noah and Selah. And then our uh, middle daughter is Eliza. And our youngest is Eli. And then the newest addition to our family is our dog, Sully. And basically, he is taking over our lives. And we absolutely love them all, including our dog. So that's a whole other story. You know, family is so good. And I'm recognizing that uh, when we say, and like we've already said, happy Father's Day. uh, And now I'm actually granddad. So that's actually kind of a cool thing. Cool granddad. Um, By the way, you're getting granddad's donuts today. Because in staff meetings, this is the, this is the stuff we talk about. <laughs> what are we going to give on Father's Day instead of popsicles? And so you got granddad's donuts, and apparently it takes an hour and a half to get one donut if you're in line. So go in early if you want to do that. But we have them for you today. You're welcome. So there you go. But it's true. We've already mentioned it a few times today that not everybody has the greatest memories when it comes to Father's Day. I was originally thinking, because I'm not going to be too long today, this is more of a brief Bible, uh, um, just a thought for you uh, um, today. Is more. Um, uh, we were singing a song a few weeks ago called Good, Good Father. And if you know that song, I love that song. But I also know that many, many people struggle with that song in so many ways. And so... Um, I don't know, something just along the way was like, got to take this a little different direction. And I believe God was speaking to me, and hopefully I can share something with you that is similar to what these guys already said today. Because generation after generation, parents have always been the most critical part of a child's journey. And uh, they grow up, and then they become parents, and then they influence their children. And then over and over again, generation after generation, parents influence the next generation. And so what you see on the, on the screen right now is you see uh, a chart that I, that I gave when I used to teach a class. I actually used to teach a youth ministry class. This is way before Westside and way before my last pastor experience. It was actually uh, 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 part of working with youth pastors or youth leaders um, across Ontario and across Canada. And one of the things I did was try to encourage a lot of youth workers, but I also taught on the side and taught um, as an adjunct, uh, adjunct professor of youth ministry at one of the Bible colleges nearby. And so this came up in one of our conversations. Remember, I'm trying to train youth, I'm trying to train students how to become youth pastors and youth workers. And the whole idea of this chart was to say, basically, uh, you're probably the least important on the whole map of influence. There you go. How do you like hearing that a little bit? So it's amazing. We have our youth group. So here at Westside, we have our youth group. We have a budget for our youth group. We have amazing weekly groups. 
We have Bible studies, we have retreats, we have conferences, we have fun games, we have amazingly dedicated leaders that love hanging out with your students. If you're a parent, I would say, if you're a parent of a teen especially, um, it's a dream opportunity for, you, for your teen to have a healthy environment to grow in their faith. But here's what the stats say. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Parents have the most influence in a child's life. The word influence can go two ways. You influence towards faith, and you can influence against faith as well. Here's the other thing, though, is that uh, if you don't have a great parental support group, there still is a chance the youth group can help. <laughs> then you also have the church. And that would be that just attending church and, and getting involved in church and mission and compassion opportunities is significant in the life of a child. But it's still not what a parent's responsibility, what, what a parent, how a parent can influence. And then you have amazing people that I, I've said here are influential adults. That would be um, uncles and aunts, close family friends, grandparents, teachers, mentors have, an, have, have even more effect on a young person's life than even church or youth group, but not like parents. So parents, it does not matter if it's a single parent or a two-parent family. Overwhelmingly, parents are, the critical, are critical in the faith journey. But I want you to notice that word influence because influence truly means you influence towards a healthy perspective of faith, but you also can influence in an unhealthy way too. So let's read a couple passages here. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5 to 7, it says this, and this is actually a fairly familiar passage. It's a very very well-known passage, and it's a passage that's quoted over again by other scriptures, and it says this, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give to you today are to be written or to be on your hearts. Verse 7, impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Did you notice that term? Impress upon your children. I mean, in this passage, God was commanding his people to pass on to their children these, the right beliefs about God because lo- his love for them. And he's saying, you need to be intentional. This needs to happen over and over again. And then Jesus, in Matthew chapter 22, and this is verses 36 to about 39, he says this, because we're dropping into this conversation, I'm just dropping in this conversation, that's between um, a Pharisee, and we believe he's like, really knows the law really, really well. And um, this Pharisee, in this conversation, um, many commentators would say, are trying to trick Jesus. Because he's saying, what is, the, what is this greatest commandment? And just like the stuff that this Pharisees were taught his entire life, likely by his parents, the Pharisee asked, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And then Jesus responds, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, This is the first and the greatest commandment. But then Jesus adds, and the second is like it. Love 
your neighbor as yourself. So why do you think Jesus is adding this second part of this? Could it be, because Jesus would very much understand that a, that a good Jewish boy growing up with his parents doing what they're supposed to do, and that would be to remind continuously over and over again how good God is, how God loves them, how God wants to, to, to be part of their life, but over and over and over again, generation to generation to generation in the Jewish faith, it became more about rules than it did about love. Than it did about love. Friday, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's how we live our lives for our kids. It's how we love our kids is the most important thing. See, we get our, to our own rules, don't we? And actually, Speaking at myself, we go to church every Sunday. Well, most of you go at least once every two or three, but who's taking attendance? But anyway, <laughs> it's part of my job, people. So, so, so. <laughs> but basically, though, we get into, right? We get into our own rhythms. We get into our, what we would call rules. We get into those things that, whether we like it or not, like our kids look at us and look at us and recognize with those rules, with the things we do to say that we love God, are we actually showing it? Are we actually being ones that represent what God really is when it comes to love? This passage, Jesus says, love your neighbor as yourself. That's a whole other topic we could talk about, but let's focus on the love. I think Jesus' response to the Pharisee is basically, you know the greatest commandment, but you're missing the point of knowing and really loving God. Because if you aren't loving the people around you, you're missing the point completely. Love is the most important thing of conveying any faith journey. Um, when it, I've not spoken about this before. This is actually brand new for me, and I've, I'm not a Dave, but I've spoken quite a few times over the years. I'd like to introduce you to my dad. And I tried to find a digital photo of my dad. I was in my computer trying to find it. Now, I also realized that I've been through a few computers in the last few years, so maybe it's somewhere along the way. But my dad died in 19, um, my dad died in 1995 at the age of 72. And in 1995, I was realizing, ah, we probably had digital cameras. Remember, like, remember back in the day when cameras weren't your phone? Yeah. See, some of you are so young, you don't even remember those things. The point of it is, is like it takes effort to scan photos and then to put them in a computer. I don't have those. But there's, uh, this is actually interesting. This is a sketch of my dad that, my, uh, that our daughter, Eliza, uh, when she was going to school at, uh, at uh, Westdale, uh, she was, in, I believe, in an art class. And she took a little tiny picture and then she did this as a sketch for a project. So it's kind of cool. And so this was in, this, this is what I found. And so this is my dad. And um, it's kind of interesting because part of his, when I, during my formative years in junior high and high school, um, he had a very deep and prolonged struggle with what we now call mental health. Back then, it wasn't even called depression. Back then, this sounds like I'm ancient, but back then, it was called bad nerves. And so for most of my junior high and high school um, uh, life, and uh, by the way, I'm an only child, so it was my mom, my dad, and me. And so part of, that, uh, part of our journey that I can remember for the most part of uh, those very, very formative years was um, visiting dad when he was in um, 
a significant mental institution out in Whitby. And so I only say that because it's one of those places that we in high school would make a joke of if, and I don't, <laughs> this is not live, so this is live stream, so I want to be careful. But point is, those are the types of jokes that you would make, is that someone's going to be going to, quote, Whitby. And if you said that, it wouldn't be for the town, it would be for this institution that was in. And so I remember, I remember very well. It's like, you know, like I didn't, you, didn't, you don't tell people anything. And this is like, you don't tell, I don't know, I don't even know what's going on. I remember uh, the day that I turned 16 years old, um, uh, the day I turned 16 years old, back then, I just literally went down, took my, they used to call it 365, by the way, right? It's your 365. Some of you are nodding, thank you very much. That was your written test so you could drive a car. And that day, literally, I went, got my 365. Okay, what would it be called now? Learner's permit? Is that what it would be called? G1. G1? Oh, man, you guys are so complicated. So, 365, so you go in, you take your writer's test, and now you're able to drive, right, if someone else... Is, can sit with you and you can drive a car, whatever. And, uh, and then, uh, so this is all in the middle of where my dad is at. Oh, by the way, my mom has never driven ever in her life. So part of it is TTC was part of it. We grew up in Scarborough and then the odd time, if dad was home, we would get around by car. So um, somehow I got to the driver, so I don't think he was with me, and took 365, walked right from one counter over to the other counter to, uh, to find out when the first opportunity was to, to get your license. I had my license in a week, and it was not a G1 or G2. It's like went from here to here, had it in a week. Literally from a week after I turned 16, became the major driver in our family, and the majority of our time was to drive to see dad in hospitals. So I say that because this is kind of part of my journey. What's interesting is, is that um, if you would, ask me the question, which you are going to, because I'm going to tell you which question to ask me, and that is, how would I actually explain my dad to you? I don't think of him through that lens at all. Like, I, I, I think of him, despite all of those health, and especially mental health um, struggles, that dad lived a life of faith. I mean, he, in his kindness, his gentleness, um, his quiet and peaceful peacefulness, he loved God. He loved our family, and he loved his church. And one thing about him, and I know this, is that when he was doing well, he would stop all the time to help people change tires on the 401. Because that's what he said the Good Samaritan would do. And I remember as a kid that growing up going, that's my dad. I say that because... In reflecting over the same questions, uh, Andrew, that you reflected over, I realized, oh my goodness, when you do reflecting, it brings up some pretty significant memories that could be traumatizing, but it also brings up some things that literally can change your life as well in a positive direction. So I say that to you today to say that God wants each one of us <laughs> I hope we all have some amazing people in our lives that can be beneficial in our journey with Jesus, with God, in a way that they can be almost like parents in our life if we don't have those significant people. Because I do believe that God wants us to see him as truly our father. What time is it here? I'm going to tell you a little story, and then I'm going to give you three takeaways before we finish. Um, What's interesting is I never shared 
By the way, um, bad nerves became uh, seeing an amazing psychiatrist in this hospital. A new drug sort of came out. It was called lithium. Um, lithium. This drug, unbelievably, changed my dad to the point where he came home. And he was never kind of who he was when he was younger, but he was, in a, like, he was just absolutely amazing uh, how, how, how he was more able to cope, right, with, with his mental illness. That's when, by the way, uh, it became depression, went from bad nerves to depression. And uh, then as I've been in, involved in youth ministry for, min- for the majority of my ministry uh, career, uh, I would say that uh, in, in working with young people, that's when mental illness definitely hit and came on board, right? That's when we've understood more, we've understood more, and medications changed, how the treatments have changed, amazingly speaking. So what would happen, though, is, is that uh, sometimes, and I don't know how it works, because I guess I'm very, not sensitive to this, but I'm open to have discussions on this, is that you'd have some of your young people talk to you about their own mental health. And uh, we had a student that was in our ministry uh, at a church we were at, was youth pastor at a church for a few years, and uh, uh, I don't know where Christy was, but uh, my wife Christy and the kids were, were gone. Maybe she did that on purpose because this young man who'd had a pretty significant breakdown, he came to our house one, one day. And it was, very, it was very significant that he actually moved, came out of his house to our house. We're a very safe place. So I remember, um, I remember uh, sitting watching a Toronto Maple Leaf game. And just so you know, back then, they probably were way... They're, they're good now. I mean, trust me, watching the game was probably cause stress, right? Whatever. So anyway, anyway, okay. So, so he was sitting there, he's on the couch. Uh, I'm on a seat. I remember looking over and thinking, okay, like I want to talk to him, but he doesn't really want to talk. And then I'm realizing him just sitting here is like an amazing, huge thing for him just to be in this room. And so uh, we're watching the game. There might be a bit of chatter. I'm like, yeah, what? like I'm doing all the noise when you watch sports and he's not doing anything at all. Somewhere along the way, you know, there's your two intermissions in between. Uh, uh, one of the intermissions I said to him, um, I won't use his name, but I said, would you, why would you want to hang out with an old guy like me? It was just a joke, right? I can't remember what we did. Uh, we had a bit of chatter, got him some food, whatever, we watched another period, go through that game. Near the end, of course, he's been talking a little bit throughout the night, so it wasn't completely uh, quiet. Uh, he, he then... Um, he then said to me, he says, <clears throat> he used to call me Johnner. So anyway, he's like, Johnner, um, do you know why I want to hang out with you? And I'm looking going, okay, I asked that question two hours ago and I can't even remember why I asked it. It was just to get conversation going. And he says, no, no, no. I said, sorry, I said to him, you got to understand, if you're, if you're speaking week after week after week at a youth group, you're with them on retreats, you've gone on a trip to Guatemala, you've done all these amazing things. Of course you need to ask, which was the best one I ever, like what was my best sermon? What was the best one? So I said this, asked them, whatever, and he put these two things together in our discussion and he said, I cannot remember one thing you preached on. There's your investment, by the way, in youth work. <laughs> but he said, do you know why I want to hang out with you? It's because I love how you love your family, and I love how Christian you parent your kids. Wow. Completely changed how I taught youth ministry, I'll tell you. We catch stuff, right? The kids around us are catching stuff all the time. It's extremely important. That, yes, the words we say are profound and are relevant and match where our, our kids are at. But on the other hand, it's who we are. It's how we act. 
It's the people that we are, and are we doing that consistently? So we want to do a church update, but I'm going to give you three takeaways before we finish. So here's your three takeaways. Number one, dads, sorry, it's parents, but I'm saying dads today, right? Because we got to focus. Love your kids. Your kids notice everything, and the older they get, oh my goodness, it just gets more they observe. Are you consistent with your life of faith? Do you go to church and then completely act like a jackass? Oh, did I just say that at home? (laughs) You get it? And how you take care of your church, your home, your work, are you consistent with all of those things? Our kids, our youth group, we are doing our very, very best to completely support your family. But we shouldn't be and we are not the main place where your kids are going to learn about Jesus. Second takeaway, if you struggle with your dad, you can break the cycle. Even if your parents did not model a nurturing nurturing spiritual environment, dads and moms, (laughs) you can break the cycle and begin your faith in a healthy way in your home. I want to say, we as your Westside Church family are here to help you. In fact, there's a, life called, there's, a, there's a life group called Growing Great Families that's specifically designed to help work alongside of you on that. And then our third takeaway is this. If you don't have a dad, it's never, ever too late to find the love. We are God's children, all of us, each one of us. And he loves us. We, talk, we sang about it this morning. He wants us to call him Father, even when we pray, if you've prayed the Lord's Prayer, what do we say? Father. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for being with us. And I thank you, Father, for the fact that we can call you Dad because you love us so much. And on this special day when we set it aside and when we uh, specifically Um, are uh, looking at the the men in this room and the men online that have children. We just pray that they will just have a wonderful time being recognized as uh, as the father to their kids. And Lord, I just also recognize how many people are missing that incredible opportunity to have a dad in their lives whether that's through someone passing away, whether that's through someone who might be alive but incredibly absent, whether that's through an awful, uh, almost abusive situation in the past. Lord, we pray for healing and we pray that, uh, that we, even as a church, and even some of us that uh, maybe are a little bit farther along in our journey to, to, can come along and be supportive as much as we can. But more than anything, we know that you are the one that we need to love and come into every part of our lives and allow us to love others. So Lord, we give you today and we give you our families and we just pray that we will honor you in every, everything we say, everything we do, and how we influence you and others for your kingdom. We just pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so it's on me for the church update today. And I know two weeks ago after John's church governance update, you probably left to the parking lot thinking, I cannot think of a more exciting way to end a church service. I'm here today to challenge that notion because I have a church finance update for you. Uh, 
Yeah, thank you. And I have graphs, so, so. <clears throat> yeah, all those engineers and scientists in the crowd? Yeah, okay. Uh, so uh, before I start with that, though, I just want to acknowledge the other two members of the finance team. So I'm Todd Horam, the chair of the team. And uh, the other two people are really involved. One is Claudia at the front. She's at the giving station pretty much every week. Uh, every week, uh, and uh, she helps with that and also the deposits. And the other key member is Adam Arkaki, who does all our updates in QuickBooks, monitoring the giving. It's an, it become an enormous job, and he does a lot of work doing that. So thank you to both of them. So we can start with the graphs. If you can go to the first one. So this is a, this is a, I said it wasn't very exciting. I think this is pretty exciting. This is our uh, giving trend since the beginning of our fiscal year on September 1st. And what you can see, the trend is very positive. We're actually up about 55% in our monthly giving since September. Uh, so that's enormously exciting. And as you can see, there's also a dashed line there that says where our budget is. And that's our revised budget that we passed in February. So we had to do a second budget this year just in reflection of our church growth and also the ministry needs that were reflected with that church growth. And you can see in four of the five fa uh, past months, we've actually exceeded that budget in terms of donations and income. So that's excluding these sort of special one-off gifts, things like their legacy fund and their Christmas campaign and things like that. Uh, so we've also been able to rent the church for some more things, which has been really helpful. But the other thing I'd really like to emphasize is that we've had a few special calls that have had a huge response. So one thing uh, was the youth uh, supporting the Radiate Retreat, so being able to send more youth to that trip. That had an enormous response, and we were able to send, a, I think, the biggest group ever to Radiate. So, uh, so I think the only thing I can say on this slide is just thank you. Thank you for your generosity, and just know that anything that happens in this church is because of the faithful giving of you. Uh, and then we can go to the second graph. So this, this requires a little bit more explanation. This is actually cumulative net operating cash flow. That's why you came to church today, wasn't it? Uh, but this is basically uh, from our beginning of our fiscal year in September. Uh, what are all the expenses we have on an operating basis? So not excluding things like our legacy fund, our Christmas campaign, uh, minus all our expenses for running ministries, for paying our staff. They tend to appreciate that. Uh, all those types of things. Uh, and this is the difference. And in September and October, we were negative, but we were ex anticipating that. So in this Christmas of 2021, we actually raised money called the Committed to Community Fund, uh, which was intended to support hiring a new staff member and sort of backstop that on a month-to-month -month basis. So we have been using that money to do that, and uh, we'll actually spend down that fund this month. It's actually the last month this, that fund will be uh, around. But that was able to, uh, to keep us going those months. But since then, you see that some weird blips around Christmas year-end. It's a little bit hard with uh, year-end stuff. But as of last month, uh, our net operating cash flow, so what we spend versus what we uh, bring in uh, for operating our church, has been positive. And we expect we're going to end the year with a moderately positive uh, surplus in our operating fund. So this is all good news. Uh, but we are working on our budget for next year. And there are a lot of demands for that. Just with inflation, we all know about that. Uh, but also just uh, supporting some things one thing we've been kind of ignoring a little bit in terms of church maintenance, uh, if you're here when it's raining, sometimes you can tell it's raining when you're inside in our lobby. We'd kind of like to fix that. Uh, we'd kind of like the people at the back in the summer to actually have air conditioning. So that's another thing that's on our mind. But perhaps a little bit more exciting than that, uh, uh, investing in the kids' ministry. So if you go back there and wade through the crowd of people to pick up your kids, uh, you know there's a it's, booming back there, and we want to make sure that we really do invest in that in the coming year. So 
we are working on that uh, later in the summer. We'll share the budget with you and uh, have an opportunity for some feedback. So uh, the last thing I want to say before we wrap up is you see the slide on how to give every week. Uh, I don't want to belabor that, but I do want to give you a little bit of context. So for, if you give online, and the majority of you do uh, through PushPay is definitely the way we get most of the donations in, or if you give in person using a credit card, uh, we appreciate that. That's great. I do want to give you a bit of context, though, because every time you do that, 2.5% of your money actually goes to the Canadian financial system and not us. And as much as we like supporting the profits of our big banks, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, ultimately, you're donating money to them uh, and not us. It's not money that we have available for ministry. So there's a couple of ways around that. One is you can give in person, cash, check, or even if you in the, de in the uh, giving station outside, your debit card, that's a single transaction fee, which is very inexpensive, so there's much less uh, that goes to the bank in that context. But the other way to do it is through pre-authorized deposit. So uh, we have a few people signed up for that now, so the money comes from your bank account, well, however often you want, so monthly, bi-weekly, weekly, whatever you choose, and we pay no fee on that whatsoever. So every dollar that you donate that way gets deposited in our bank account and we can use for ministry purposes. So if you are interested in signing up for that, we do have some forms at the giving station, or you have this form, this card in the back of your seat, automate the important. And again, whether you've been at Westside for a while and you're thinking of changing how you give in some way, or uh, whether you are new to Westside or have been with us for a while and are ready to financially partner with us, really encourage you, uh, you just put your name and your email and you'll get be contacted with some information on the options to give. Or if you want to change how you give, uh, we're happy to uh, send you the automatic withdrawal form. Uh, really, we want to make it as easy and painless as possible for you. We know it's uh, not, uh, you know, something we want to make, make as simple as possible. And again, we really appreciate all of your support uh, to make this place a very special place. Uh, and before uh, I go, just I will be at the giving station after if you have any questions about that, but really it's just to be close to the donuts, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, or if you have any questions, feel free to chat with me or just shoot us an email, finance at westsidehamilton.com. We'd be happy to answer any questions you have. Thanks.